Shorey, what does a Collingwood Football Club mean to you? Oh, it's a pretty broad question. <laughs> What's it mean to me? Um, you know, it means that 21 years of my life, I, uh, and I'm only 57, so it's nearly half my lifetime, I was involved in a club that um, gave me an opportunity to play, you know, at the top level. Um, went through hard times, went through great times, though, and the friendships um, and just the, the idea that you're playing with the most famous club ever um, is something that I just look back on with great, uh, you know, just great love and uh, I always said the club owes me nothing I hopefully we're good for each other but in the end it was just I, I lived a dream so that's what they gave me it, and the family connection's amazing mm. uh, five shores to, to play senior football and yeah. of course your other brother uh, was at the club as well it's a, a pretty yeah. amazing story there yeah. and, and my son too he didn't play senior level but he, he was drafted by Collingwood so yeah we're all we're all involved and yeah to come through and have the opportunity to play with Ray and then you know, Ray left in to play with Neville and, um, you know, it was just great. And then to see the nephews go through what they've achieved, um, you know, I wish they were still at the club, but that's, yeah, the things move on. They had great careers with um, with the Collingwood Footy Club. So, yeah, I'm pretty proud of what, what the, the Shaw names achieved. You've uh, always said that there was no such thing as the Collie Wobbles. How frustrating was that early period in the 1980s when you played in, in, in grand finals and the like? and Yeah, it's interesting. We Look, the great thing about it, we were very competitive. Like, we, we played finals a lot when I was there. I was very lucky. I, I played an era where if you missed out in finals, it was unbelievable. And we did, for but over 17 years, I think it was only three or four times. Um, to think that you'd have to wait nine years in my first three years, I played in two losing grand finals. And then to wait another nine to get the opportunity, doesn't happen very often, you know. So, again, I think I was blessed in one way, but then... To achieve that with Lee Matthews and, and you know the other 19 blokes, it, it's something you don't see each other that often, but uh, when you do, it's just like a brotherhood, you know. At what stage of that 1990 season did you think, we can win the flag? Probably after the draw... No, sorry, we had the draw against West Coast. We were playing OK, but we still had Hawthorne. You need a bit of luck. We, Hawthorne had a, was sort of our bogey team, but they got knocked out by Melbourne. I thought that was great for us. But then um, the, the second, after we played in the final against West Coast where we drew it and then we played the next week and we bowled them, I think Lee Matthews got to take a lot of credit. We did a lot of uh, skill, skill work but also pressure work without getting hurt. And, um, Al, you, you have a look at it. I don't think there'd be many final series that were as good as what we had in 1990. I think, you know, to win the next three games by over eight goals, you know, eight to ten goals, um, was as good as you'll get. Now, pressure... Uh, our pressure stats were uh, were records at the club at the time. So you were a great pressure team on the field. How did you handle the pressure off the field? Because there was a lot of pressure on the club at that particular time. Uh, I never got caught up. I was pretty lucky. I played state basketball and I played in big games of a lot of things, you know, in sports and in grand finals and cricket. And and I was just, I don't know, I, I always felt comfortable. I, I just thought if you prepare, you, you shouldn't doubt yourself. But, you know, to go into that final series and have a lot of faith in players who people said weren't good enough, you know, you go to the you know, Kerrisons, uh, Gafers, these types of blokes. You bring in a few others from, you know, uh, Chris O came in earlier and Craig Kelly and then, then you get Francis and Russell. Yeah, you know, I was filthy on them because they come in the first year. <laughs> but we needed what they gave us. That was speed and class. And, uh, look, there's not many times you go out trusting everybody. Every time you go over the white line, you know, some blokes mightn't do it, but never had that problem in 1990. That, tell us about the brawl, where you were. <laughs> How it unfolded. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Incredible, uh, incredible uh, yeah, look, I, piece I, of footy I, history, isn't it? Well, I ran in and threw, threw a couple, but they were pretty ordinary. <laughs> I'm a lover, not a fighter. But, um, I thought you were a northern yeah, suburbs yeah, boy, yeah, well, Tony. Well, you'll have a dip. You've got to have a dip at every time. You don't want to take it back. But 
Um, yeah, it started just over the boundary line, then the siren had gone. And look, the greatest thing out of that was that Lee Matthews was brilliant at quarter time. Not a lot of uh, not a lot of tactics, but he just said, look, put your head over the ball. First 10 minutes is going to be a really good testing time for the umpires. I couldn't believe how he could see what was going to happen. He said, put your head over the ball, see what the umpires do. They'll try and take control. And, you know, it looked like Essendon were undisciplined. We got about two or three 50-metre penalties, end up kicking, what was it, the eight goals in the quarter or something like that. And the game was nearly gone, but with our history, everybody's probably thinking it wasn't. But I, I felt pretty confident after the second semi against Essendon that we could beat them. What stage of the game did you think that's over? There was there oh, a moment where yeah, well, look, Tim we, Watson spoke to you after a goal? Was uh, that... yeah, I passed uh, Damien Munkhorst, and uh, he was about oh, 45 out, and I think we were seven goals up. And I said to Tim, do you reckon we got it? And he goes, yeah. And I said, well, bloody hell. <laughs> he, said, we, he, he said to me, you had it at half time. I said, I wish you had told me. But, you know, but, but look, um, Lee Matthews always said, if there's less minutes on the clock than what you are up, you'll win the game. And that was the case. But that kicked the monkey who went back and slotted it. Eight goals up, you know, it was just going to happen. Then it was a bit of a blur, really. And the mental toughness of Mullane to do what he did in that particular game, but through that whole entire final series. Yeah, look, you, know, you don't, you get goosebumps talking about the bloke. I still do. He, one of the greatest players I've ever played with, one of the greatest teammates that I've ever had, uh, one of the most loyal people you'll ever meet. Um, and, uh, you know, for not, not knowing that that was the last, you know, pretty well last time we're going to get out there in a, in a final and, and do it, uh, it was just tragic. But, look, just a, a great bloke and um, what he went through with that final so it was was pretty inspirational to all of us with a broken thumb in three spots what uh, obviously the premiership mean medal means so much and it was a relief for you much as anything else what what about the norm smith medal as well does that still yeah, mean much well, or? it was interesting because um i'm trying to find uh, who was the uh, bloke who was running the afl uh, tony tony peak tony peak he came up and he go you won the medal and i thought oh nice bloke <laughs> the grand final medal and i said yeah we feel good as that you know he goes no you won the norm smith in it it took a while to go in, but, you know, I made the most of it after. Don't worry, I was wearing it everywhere I could went, you know. But, um, no, nah, but look, it's, it's good to know that at least you performed to a level, whether I won it or not, but you performed to a level on a big day and we had a win. Uh, I don't care if I won it or not. I just wanted to have that grand final cup and uh, that was probably the biggest moment of my life. And we've, with the book champions of Collingwood, 125 yeah. greatest, we've uh, nominated the top 125 players. Who stand Maybe out in your mind? Order, is it? Is not in order, order no, sorry. Not in order. That. I didn't like you, that. You were close I to... I think I was about 100. No, no. No, no. Michael Roberts work. has had a little bit of a stab in the people Sunday Herald me, Sun of order. Yeah, but... people say to me, you know, you're, um, you're in the team of the century and mm. I was on the bench. And I, look, I am honest to the day. I know my limitations. I know I did a couple of good things, but... I also sure know did. that I was durable, but I look at the players and I can name you. You've got 125. I'll name you another 100 <laughs> that should have been in front of me. In a, and that's, that's what it is, you know. You do what you do, but um, ability-wise, there's a lot of great players for Collingwood. But, um, yeah, good book. It's going to be a good read for myself. I, I love the history of Collingwood, but and I, like I said, I know it fairly well, but uh, I'd never stop uh, wanting to look, look at it. And, Shorey, thanks for that. And what about the, the future of Collingwood, where the Collingwood Footy Club is? Can, yeah. can Bucks turn the ship around? Can the group... Well, uh, I hope so. I, I think, you know, I think they've been playing really solid in that they've... If you lose the coaches, losing the players, and it might... You know, people don't always get on with the coaches, and there's always players who you're not going to play, and they don't like it. Not to the extent, they hope they respect you. But I think their efforts this year was that they've been in every game. You know, 18 points was their highest margin. They, their stats were as good as what it is for finals football. But the thing is, they haven't got across the line because of their own lack of finishing. What we saw on the weekend against Geelong, and we've got, they're nearly our bunny club, don't let that get out, but uh, <laughs> but we've got them, you know, 
it was the style. They took the game on. They took the risks. And I think that is the modern game of football now. You've still got to defend, but they took risks and did their job. So, um, look, I hope it works for him. I've got enormous respect for Nathan. He, he knows it's a situation which is pretty dire for himself, but he's had the guts to come out and put himself under that pressure, which he's always done in his career. Absolutely. Shorey, thank you so much. You made a young reporter's day back in <laughs> 1990, so I really appreciate your time today. Thanks, Glenn. Good on you. Cheers, mate. Are you ready to get an inside look at crime from someone who has investigated some of Australia's worst crimes? It was like Aladdin's cave. The luminol found bloodied footprints and bloodied handprints on a wall. So it's yeah. just like a horror movie. Former homicide detective Gary Jubilant sits down with cops, crims, addicts, victims, small-time cheats and big-town lawyers as they tell their incredible stories. My house got raided. Next thing you know, I got bail refused. Next thing you know, I'm on a truck yeah. to Parkley Prison. Listen to I Catch Killers early and ad-free on Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts today or wherever you get your podcasts.